Excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello. Hello. It's Paul. It's Nessa. It's Paul, Paul and Nessa's, Nessa's Happy Hour. Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. Yes, the long wait is over. Four years after the radio show ended, we promised that Happy Hour would be back, and mm. here we are, bigger, funnier, and quite possibly swearier than ever before. <laughs> does that mean I can say twat now? <laughs> yes, it does. Twat. <laughs> And now, another condensed Arthur Miller play, number four. Eh, doesn't St. Peter's Wharf look spectacular today, Henny? Oh, yes. And look at all the ships on the River Weir. A view from the bridge. Hello, I'm not Billy Connolly, and you're listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Right, so let's kick off. Before we start on with the whole show, we just thought we'd better explain a little bit about who we are and what we're doing. Uh, so back in 2015, Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour started as a comedy radio show. Mm. Uh, it was broadcast locally in the UK and all around the world online. We had a mix of sketches, live features, all put together by us. Seamlessly by Paul and Nessa. <laughs> Yes, we did. We even seamlessly composed our own <laughs> jingles and recorded them as well. And that's one of the things that we've brought back for this, the podcast. <laughs> our very own jingles. <laughs> the radio show ran every week for two years. And when it came to an end, we promised that one day we'd be back in some shape or form. Yes, and here we are. Here it is. The new improved happy hour in the shape and form of a podcast. Uh, we've got new sketches, new features, uh, which probably means new <laughs> homemade jingles. Yay! <laughs> uh, plus a whole load of other uh, brand new stuff and nonsense. <laughs> so here we go then. We hope you enjoy the first one. Let's get on with the show. Woohoo! <laughs> Oh yeah, that's another thing. Nessa's laugh. <laughs> that's gonna stick around. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to this evening's edition of This Evening. This evening on This Evening, we're going to talk about this evening's news, that a controversial new circus is in town. My guest is Mr. Barrington Sinjin Mollusk, 8th Baron of Preston, and the mastermind behind Cirque du Sans Quadruped, the world's first completely animal-free circus. Mr. Sinjin Mollusk, hello. Oh, please, call me Barbara. Very well. Tell us, Barbara, why you created a circus without animals. Oh, because of the appalling treatment to which beasts are subjected. Do you know how they make the elephants stand? They shout and then hit the poor thing's front legs with an iron bar. Ouch. Ow, as you very much say, ch. So the next time they shout, the elephant thinks it'll be struck again and it raises its legs in fear. It's a sort of Pavlos dog scenario. No, no, we don't have any dogs either. Nor do we have any meringues. That would be silly. The treatment of animals in circuses has been known to be very shocking. Yes, we won't have any animals shouted at or struck with iron bars. That's why we use a small boy and a wooden bar. Apart from protecting the elephant, this carries further advantages. It's very easy to find a small boy, just ask any fisherman. And wood is considerably cheaper than iron. Yes. Still a tad brutal? It is the circus. 
Any more examples? Oh, yes, oodles of the fellows. Take the sad seals, derived of freedom, forced to make ridiculous noises. humiliatingly balancing balls on their snouts. Instead, we take another small boy, remove its legs, and paint it black. We then surgically elongate the nose and superglue a ball thereon. Uh, that's not dangerous? Oh, no, no. The punters all think that he's really balancing it. <laughs> and as we whip and beat the little brat, it emits a sound of a perfectly seal-like nature. No, I mean dangerous for the small child, not to mention cruel. Mm, No, 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 just over half of the boys who survive say they enjoy it, and they get a bit part in the next Lady Gaga video. Bonus. Unbelievable. Yes, she is rather, isn't she? I still haven't worked her out. What else do you do? Well, in a traditional circus, the cruel cads make dear lions leap through burning hoops. Oh, God. Don't tell me you make the small boys jump through burning hoops. No, no, don't be vulgar. Of course not. Thank goodness for that. No, we throw the little tykes through them instead. Far more efficient. And if they catch fire, we can light our cigarettes off them. (sighs) Hence our slogan. Come to the circus. Your children's faces will light up. And so will ours. You're mad. Do you know, I rather think I am. Well, that's it for this evening's edition of This Evening. Tomorrow evening on This Evening, we'll be discussing yesterday evening's shock announcement that the latest boy band creation from Simon Cowell's Crud Factory, The X Factor, have named themselves Insert Latest Boy Band Name to make it easy for sketch writers when they're trying to write topical jokes for Newsjack. That's yesterday evening, tomorrow evening on This Evening. Good evening. If I'm honest You gotta be honest Can I be honest? Right, so this is the first one of our uh, semi-regular features Mm -hmm. on the show, If I'm Honest, and it's a kind of a kind of hypothetical confessional sort of thing uh you can be as unpeasy as you like or as controversial as we like you know within reason and within the realms of decency uh and then whatever we say it just opens it up to a conversation and let's see where we go with it <laughs> so that's the idea so go on have you got one i have if i'm honest i hate noise i, I know <laughs> I know that doesn't really work considering we're sitting here doing a podcast. We're we're involved in a medium that is basically sound. No, it's not that kind. It's advert noise. Just general life noise. Yeah, yeah. Life life noise. Just general sound. Hashtag life noise. Hashtag life noise. I hate hate life noise. It is though. I mean, you're sitting there. You could be watching a brilliant programme. Adverts come on, mute. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Get out of my Do you know what they do as well? What they, they they gradually lower the volume of the program leading up to the advert, so you no. keep turning it up to hear it, really? and then when the advert comes on, it's really really loud. Is that really what they do? do well, you... that's what I heard, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Through I the dreamt noise, it. Grapevine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it makes it has the opposite effect because I turn it off. I I turn it off, or I go out the back for a wank. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I what? don't do that. I don't go out the back for a wank. I go, go upstairs. upstairs. <laughs> well, if I'm honest, <laughs> I would, and I'll tell you for why, right? I think it's for the greater good. I would ban or or if we could somehow magically it not even be a thing anyway in the first place all these characters right that we teach kids that we tell kids exist like the tooth fairy or the easter bunny or i'll even go as far as to say santa you've just named all my three heroes (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but it's like you've i'll tell you what i think about that right you go all right kid spend the first I don't know, whether, however many years of your life, believing that this person is a... Re- yeah. Which, by the way, oh, yeah, once a year, a strange man comes down your chimney <laughs> and prowls about in your house for half an hour, leaving things under a tree that we've dragged in from outside. <laughs> Still I'm, dripping wet. I I'm kind of talking myself out of Christmas here, aren't I? <laughs> but you see what I mean? It's like we... It's, and then kids are absolutely distraught when they discover that these people are not real. Children believe in stuff. I believe in stuff. Don't destroy my dreams. Yeah, but do you see what I mean? You haven't. You go through all these things all through your life as a child, and then you have to completely reprogram. It's being a child. Yeah, well, I think it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's like when we say, "Well, what little little Johnny? What's that over there? That's <laughs> called. Co- it's the little child. It's the little child who I'm talking to. <laughs> little, little Johnny, Johnny what's Father that Christmas over there? Believer. Yeah, little Johnny, right? Father Christmas doesn't exist, and also that thing over there. It's not called a moo cow. It's just called a cow. No, it's a moo cow. A moo cow. Yeah. Moo cow. What's, why are you teaching kids because the it, wrong words for things? It moos. All right. So is that a grunt pig? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a wolf dog wolf over there? Dog. A wolf doggy. <laughs> Look at the little wolf doggy. Fuck off. <laughs> Tell me again about Santa. If I'm honest. You gotta be honest. Can I be honest? Better than telling a lie. And now, another condensed Arthur Miller play. Number seven. Stone. I'm, I'm going to sue the council for that. Oh, I think I've twisted my angle. After the fall. Jokes. jokes that make you laugh. Jokes. jokes that make you cry. Jokes, jokes that are really, really funny. Oh, jokes. <laughs> that was the second of our self-composed jingles. I'm sure you're loving them as much as I am, clearly. Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> Just to let you know, we do take commissions. So if anyone out there would like their own jingle, just get in touch. <laughs> what? Was that your joke? Sorry, Ben. No! <laughs> Rude! <laughs> Honestly, we don't do commissions. <laughs> we do. Anyway, why did the picture go to jail? Oh, I knew we shouldn't have brought this back from the radio show. I don't know. Why did the picture go to jail? Oh, I've just worked it out. Go on. Because it was, was framed. framed. No, you don't finish my joke off. <laughs> Puny humans, I am Mercala, leader of the Graspatrons, your overlords. 
tremble beneath our might. See our enormous hands, which are useful for any number of overlord tasks. What do you mean, no vision? Incompatible what? Broadband? Hear my enormous hands! Did that work? Not good for radio, I see. Allow me to describe in minute detail the size of my enormous hands. Oh, I can't work with this. Get me our broadband provider. How can I strike fear into the very hearts of the puny humans if they can't see me? All right, all right, Mr. Sycophantic Suck-Up. How can I strike as much fear, etc., etc., if they can't see me? What is that noise? We're having to use the backup dial-up connection, my lord. What? Leader of all Grass Patron. No need to declaim, sir. I can hear you perfectly well. And what seems to be the problem there? The puny humans can't see me. I'm doing an Overlord broadcast, and I need two-way vision to ensure they sufficiently tremble and quake. I thought we had an all-inclusive package. I'll check. Can you give me your account number, please? Zoton X Fug. And your mother's maiden name? Rish. Can you spell that for me? No. Libya kick. Amazon. 
It's possible that humans also... Damn those puny humans, ear-wigging my personal details! Invasion squadron returning to Mothership, my lord. Why? You should be pressing home the attack! Can't find our way to the target, sire. It's there! It's planet Earth! A huge great sphere! Rock and water and anything! What's not to find? GPS is down. Uh, cannot target properly. How's your broadband? I, I think it's all part of the same package. Ah! Cancel my credit card! Cancel the contract with Omnicomni Watsy Doodah! We're going home! I've had enough, puny humans! Your respite will be short-lived. We shall be back. Probably next Tuesday, as I've got a few things on at the weekend. But then, rest assured, you will all die. <laughs> How do you switch this thing off? Now then, Ness has just popped out of the studio there just to try and buy some toilet rolls and uh, while she's gone, it's time for a bit of gentle reflection now on uh, Paul and Ness's happy hour. And we're joined in the studio by ex-radio DJ Simone Butts. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Simone. <laughs> and uh, you're going to read, aren't you, uh, some thought-provoking life story uh, of one of our listeners, accompanied, of course, by some appropriate sombre music. So... Take it away, Simone. We've had a letter in this week. From a man who lives in... Well, he doesn't want me to reveal where he lives. He says it's a secret. His is a sad story. A story of crime, of loneliness. And of revenge. We won't use his real name. He says it's a secret. Quite a secretive man, really. <laughs> Hiding behind a mask, you could say. Anyway, let's just call him Wayne. Now, Wayne's tragic story started when he was a young boy. A family outing to the cinema ended in tragedy. Walking home, Wayne, plus his father, Dr Philanthropist, and his mother, Brett Taylor, accidentally ventured into the city's notorious Stabby Street and were accosted by a mugger. After robbing the wealthy family, the hoodlum, because that's what criminals were called, because that's what criminals were called in those days, shot Dr. Philanthropist and Brett Taylor. He shot them dead before fleeing into the very dark night. As he knelt beside his parents' bodies, Wayne swore he would avenge their deaths. Then he just swore. He was wearing just shorts and a cape, and Stabby Street was covered in gravel and broken glass. After the police arrived, Wayne was taken back to the family's massive mansion, Bruce Manor, and looked after by their butler, Mark Kane, who, who helped Wayne to realise his dream of becoming a crusader against crime. He did this by fitting a fireman's pole down to the basement and installing a red phone that lights up when it rings. Aged just 14, Wayne got really good at fighting and stuff. He went to judo lessons, watched the karate kid a few times and started stalking the streets as a plain-clothes vigilante. But, beaten by the very people he was trying to protect, he barely survived his first night. 
Back home at Bruce Manor, as he sat bleeding all over his secret hideaway cave with the cool red lighty-up phone and the slidey pole, Wayne knew that he had to strike fear in the hearts of his foes. Just then... What are we doing? God knows. Just then, a bat crashed through the window, giving Wayne the inspiration he needed. He would go out with a baseball bat. He would show the hoodlums who was boss. While Wayne is still pursuing his vigilante lifestyle to this day, assisted by his butler, Michael Kane, and also his young friend. We won't give away his friend's name, but Wayne says he is a good fellow. They are constantly winning the fight against their arch nemesis, the puzzler, the comedian, the emperor, pussy woman, and Juno, the two-faced twat. <laughs> but deep down, Wayne still misses his parents, and he has to make do with sitting at home in his massive mansion, watching documentary. <laughs> completely rehearsed <laughs> and fly nocturnal flying mammals and, la- <laughs> at- and laughing at his butler's tales of a previous life, pulling off daring heists in Italy and fighting bloody Zulu. Take care, Wayne. There's help out there if you need it. <laughs> Paul and Nessa's happy hour running up the down escalator and flicking the Vs to the security camera. And now, another condensed Arthur Miller play, number 12. Good evening, madam. I was wondering if I could interest you in a set of encyclopedia... Death of a Salesman. I think it's time for another feature in the show now. And I've got a feeling this one's going to be a regular one. This is Paul's rank, you can hear it's coming. His veins are coming up, his head's going to explode. He's going to go on and on and on. This is Paul's rant. Yes, my rant. Time for my rant. Great. Yeah. <laughs> go on then. Flies. Oh, God. What's the point of a fly? To annoy people like you. Yeah, oh, well, consider their mission a success. <laughs> Because they do. Why? They just... Well, right, I'll tell you what I really, really is the most annoying thing for me about a fly, right? You know, because it's getting to that time of year now where, mm. you know, the sun's starting to come out. We're stuck... We, you know, at the moment, as we're recording, we can't go out of our house that much, right? <laughs> yeah. It? So we've got all the windows open. Why can flies find the tiniest little crack of your window that's open <laughs> to get into your house, Right. But then they spend the next two hours just smashing its head against the window, <laughs> trying to get... Why can't it find the crack again to get out? Because the wind blows through the cracks and it stops that being able to fly up to it. Is, have you just made that up? Because I don't believe that. I, I think a fly... Right, uh, right. you know you know flies. Right? <laughs> you know flies. I haven't, I haven't actually got any personal... No, no, no fly has got any personal... Not even other flies. Flies hate each other. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't, because if you see one pile of poo that's always got one fly on it or two, it's never... You, you never see a fly on a poo. That's another thing about flies, by the way. They eat shit. What kind of animal should be on this earth that eats shit? They don't. They be, they're sick on it, aren't they? 
Yeah, but they're, they've got to eat it first and then they regurgitate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? And then they land on our food. Yeah, yeah. You That's see? why, yeah. yeah. You see what I mean about flies now? Yeah. Yeah. The little bastards they are. Little hovery, fly, buzzy bastards. bastards. No, 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 no. Fly, uh, it, for me, flies should... Right, You're as far so as angry, I know... you can't even talk. I can't even talk, no. There's, they've got one good purpose on this earth, which is to be food for frogs. And spiders. And spiders, yeah. See, and but then I think good... we could do without spiders as well. Oh no! All right, all right. Here's a thing for you. Do you know that on average, apparently, we eat five spiders in our sleep a year? Why do I wake up starving then? <laughs> <laughs> but you've got the spider and the fly and the shit that the fly's eaten inside you. It's wriggled and jiggled and tickled inside you. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna have a nice dreams tonight then. <laughs> Anyway, there you go. Flies. I hope you feel better. I, it's like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm purged. <laughs> like a fly on shit. Getting really angry with trivial, pointless, pathetic little things. That was Paul's rant. Hello, son. Doing your homework. How's it going? Oh, it's, it's rubbish, Dad. It's history. I just can't get it. What is it you're trying to do? We have to learn all the kings and queens from the Tudors and the Stuarts and the years they were on the throne. Ah, well, when I had to learn stuff like this at school, I used to put it into a song. A song? Yeah, put the facts into a song and sing it a few times until the song's in your head. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, you've learned the facts. Don't say a funny, Dad. It's weird. Sorry, son. Does it really work, singing it? Definitely. That's how I learned my eight times tables when I was about seven or eight. Really? Yeah, look, I'll show you. Give me your guitar. Okay, here we go. And one is eight, but two is a sixteen. Three is a twenty-four. Four is a thirty-two. Five is a four. Dad, 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 what, what, what the hell are you doing? I'm singing the eight times tables. Wait, that's not singing, Dad. What? No, that wasn't singing eight times tables, that. Hello? I was playing the guitar, wasn't it? No, you weren't. You were you were reciting eight times tables on G. I was singing it. It worked. Test me. What? Go on, test us. Test us on the eight times table. D- Dad, I... Do as you're told. Test me. Five times eight. Forty. See? Do another one. Seven times eight. Fifty-six. See another uh, nine times eight. Seventy-two. That bit was the bridge. This is stupid. I'm, I'm just going to do my other project. What's your other project? We're doing sex education. Ah, cool. Here's a little song to remind ya. The woman's moody bits are called... Mom! Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Cats have two vocal cords. Uh, don't doesn't don't we have two vocal cords as no, well? No, we have more, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> not so strange but true. It it's is. not so strange, strange but, true. but true. Cats have two vocal cords. We have two vocal cords. No, we've got to have more than two vocal no, cords. No, we have. Two, there's two down down your throat there. For no. the purposes of the listener. I am demonstrating on my throat. He's stroking Where the his vocal throat. cords are. I'm sure we just have two vocal cords as well. Well, the cats have one for meowing and one for purring. 
<laughs> we don't meow or purr. Oh, right. Do you mean two sets of vocal cords? Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'd like to know, though, is if they've got two sets of vocal cords, Yeah. how do the vocal dis- cords decide which one's going to meow and which one's going to purr? <laughs> well, do they like, have a fight and punch each I other? Don't, I don't think the vocal cords have got their own, like, mini vocal cord brain. I think it's probably all just con- controlled by the cat's brain. Yeah, what? The brain goes, I think I'll make you purr. Yeah, and it just vibrates vo- the vocal cords in a different way because that's how we make sounds, you know. We make our vocal cords vibrate. Scientific, strange but true. <laughs> <laughs> Off I go to dissect a cat's throat. Only joking. <laughs> Honestly, if Sooty from next door goes missing, it's nothing to do with me. I thought you were going to go on a weird glove puppet <laughs> diversion there. <laughs> no, just killing neighbours, cat. Maybe that's why Sutty doesn't talk. Sweeps cut his vocal cords out. Strange <laughs> <laughs> but true. It's strange but true. And now, another condensed Arthur Miller play. Number 14. £47.18, please, love. The price. So there you go, the first ever podcast episode of Paul and Nessa's Happy Hours. <laughs> well, just, just about done, isn't it? <laughs> it is. We hope you've enjoyed it as much yeah. as we have. Please do feel free to interact with us for future shows. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PN Happy Hour. Yep, and if you've enjoyed the show, do all the stuff that you can do. Download it, subscribe, like us, and uh, leave a nice review as well if you can. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> and now, another condensed Arthur Miller play, number 19. Twenty oh seven, one hundred and forty-seven, and the frame. Absolutely amazing stuff there from the rocket. His third maximum break of the tournament takes him within just one frame of this year's World Snooker Championship title here in Sheffield. The Crucible. You have been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen and Tim Gambrell and Michael Monkhouse. Additional voices came from Sarah Boulder, David Foster, Dolores Peretta, Craig Richardson and Jay Sykes. Incidental music was by Kevin McLeod from incompetech.filmmusic.io. The script editor was Paul Dunn. The show was a Crank Danville production. That's it. It's all done. <laughs> See you on episode two. Bye. Bye. Bye.